Hi guys and welcome to another episode. Um, so I'm gonna um be doing um episodes um bi-weekly now. So instead of every week, I'll be putting out an episode um every two weeks for some reasons, experimental reasons and whatnot. Um, so yeah, I hope that you'll still be engaged. All my regular listeners, I say thank you very much. You know, to new listeners, I say hi, welcome. Um, yeah, so I hope you've all been good, um, to the person, <laughs> how they leave me voice messages, uh, special shout out to you, thanks, it means a lot, um, everyone else, please feel free to leave me voice messages, or other messages, um, I, I will listen to them, I will respond to them, um, so yeah, do that. I'll not respond, I will, I will listen to them, and, well, I'll respond if there's something to respond to, you know, but, we aren't, like, just know I, I, I do listen to them, is all, I guess, <laughs> you should know about that, um, so this episode is, I feel like it's an interesting one, I don't know if I'll have a lot to say on the matter, because it's kind of controversial, in a way, so, um, this episode is, well, you've seen the title by now, so it's Fear-Based Christianity. So, basically, um, I'm a Christian, so, like, I'll just do, like, fear-based religion, but, like, it'll be require a lot of research, and I may still get some things wrong. So, I just figured I'm just stay in my wheelhouse and, um, you know, tackle it from that angle. And then if, you know, you're from a different religion and you can relate, then that's great. Um, so... Christianity is a pretty liberating religion. Like, if you look at it based on how um, God and Jesus set it up, like, what well, you know, initially, it's a very liberating um, thing. So, like, you know, in the Old Testament, it was not, it was very legalistic. You know, the oldest laws had to follow, you had to kill a goat, right? That's for sin, that's kill a goat. I don't know how often, I forget, I you know. We had to kill a goat often to atone for the sins of the people, not everybody could go into God's presence, you know, because God is too holy and everybody was too unholy, you know. But then also at that at that point, you know, your thought you could think whatever evil we wanted to think, it wasn't counted as a sin, you know. In New Testament now, if you think something evil in your heart, it's the same thing as committing the sin. Just because um, after Jesus died, we now had grace, and um, that grace now means that we are held to a higher standard. Um, now this higher standard is not something that we can take, we can um, attain by ourselves. It's something that we need um, Jesus' help. That's basically the whole point of the whole Jesus coming to die and ha- us having higher standards. But also, when Jesus also came, you know, the veil was torn. It means that everybody could have access to God. So you can everybody can talk to God by themselves. Nobody needs to wait to talk to a priest to, you know, talk to God. So, you know, all those people that are always going to find some man of God... To talk to God for them, you can talk to God by yourself. You don't really need to go through all those um, loopholes and stuff. Um, what else? Um, yeah, so there's no more sacrificing. That's why obviously you don't see Christians sacrificing goods and stuff for most, because you know Jesus came. Jesus is the the Lamb, you know, and His blood was shed, and that's it. That's all the blood we need. We don't need any more blood of animals and stuff. You know, you don't still go to any altars and <coughs> pouring blood and ugh, doing all kinds of things, or um, holding a goat and putting on, putting all our sins on it and chasing it to the wilderness or letting it run into the wilderness. 
you know, we, we don't see Christians do that anymore. So, um, when Jesus came, for sure, a lot of things changed. You know, it's a game changer. You know, he was said he came to set us free. You know, so all those laws, all those, there's a lot of, lot of legalism in, um, Judaism, like, you know, the washing of hands before certain things, certain things that you cannot do on the Sabbath, you cannot work on the Sabbath, and then what is work, you know, work is, like, a whole, a whole list of things that are considered work, so, it's a whole thing, basically, um, I don't have to bore you with details, because I feel like I've already said, I've already begun to go far, but the whole point, my whole point is that, before Christ, there were lots of laws in to follow, after Christ, it's now, it's more grace, than laws it's not like you shall not whatever all the all the command is love love god love your neighbor love yourself that's it you know so as long as everything you do is from a place of love and i have to pause there and correct myself because even if it isn't for a place of love but if you're not doing the right thing it's still wrong you know what i mean like intent intent definitely matters because you know god sees the heart and stuff intent definitely matters so what some people just do something that is that it looks good on the surface their intent could actually be evil so for example people that do eye service so they only work when someone can see them you know god sees that and he knows that and that's why it says you know they receive their reward that that is your reward people somebody sees you and thinks oh wow you're doing really well that's your that's it that's all your reward you know, but the person, that, the person that nobody sees that, you know, goes behind the scenes and does all the work and does not, you know, is not doing it just for the credit, doing this, you know, from the bottom of their hearts and stuff. God also sees that person and he sees their hearts. So, you know, I feel like it's just a more understanding time. So, you know, that's one thing I like about Christians. Like, there's no rules of how to dress or how to, or like what, what you can and cannot eat and stuff. I know some people, like, once again, I said this is a controversial topic because everybody has different um points of view but my own understanding of the bible is that you're free to do whatever you want to do that is the truth um because even okay once you're unclean maybe when the god gave peter the vision he said don't call anything unclean that i've called clean he cleansed everything so everything is clean because before it's taking pork i know that some people still don't eat pork because like this unclean meat or whatever but me, yeah, I eat pork because I know that it is clean. It's sanctified drinking jesus drank wine you know this whole thing is don't get drunk I don't, I don't get drunk, so me, I feel like it's okay to drink alcohol, you know, so it's not I feel, I believe, you know, okay, like, you know, it's controversial because, obviously, people have different ways of which they do live their Christian lives, and some people, like, I thought that people that make these choices because they're Christians, not make these choices because of lifestyle and stuff, I'm talking about Christians, you know, like, there are different kinds of Christians, there's Christians that, um, girls, African girls that don't relax their hair, so they leave their hair in the king in the curly state for religious reasons. Now my hair is natural, but not for religious reasons. It's natural because the hair is bloody soft and you know going to different climates. The hair is okay, natural hair is okay, relaxed hair. You move now, the hair is no longer okay, relaxed. It's falling out, that kind of thing. So it's like living natural, it's soft enough. I can manage it. I'm like, what is this? What is the big deal? So. That's why I'm natural. It's really nothing any spiritual. It's not really not, nothing spiritual. Nothing even that deep. It was just a choice I made. Um, you know, so yeah. Um, I'm not a legalistic person. I'm not a religious person. I Personally, I don't like religious people. Um, just because I feel like they pick certain... And I said religious people. I remember people that take the laws above the... the, the 
the letter above the spirit of the law. So you take the letter of the law above the spirit. So like you don't show love and compassion for your neighbors in that if somebody commits a quote unquote. It's about quote unquote somebody commits a sin and you know you're there, you point your fingers and you judge them. I don't like that. I really don't. You know, some people may think I'm too nice at some points, but and other people may think I'm just mean. <laughs> you know, I can be both. It's really a matter of when you when you meet me. Um I I don't like um because I, like I don't like the people, I don't like the act of being really of being religious. So when I meet like I either try to talk to you if I feel like I can't or I just leave you alone. I'm like, I don't have strength for you, you know. I just feel like the most important thing is truly, truly loving. Um, you can love somebody and not like what they did, you know. You don't have to like everything everybody does. That's why it's called having differences. Um, but I do feel like you have to um, love everyone. It's not, I mean, easier, easier with some people than with others for sure. But now we're talking about religious people that, you know, they don't give grace to people. So, you know, and then also I find that a lot of them, they decide which, which, which laws, um, which, which sins are okay and which sins are not okay. So I find like most of the time, you know, they'll tell white lies here and there and that's fine, but let them not catch you smoking well, smoking is not a sin per se in the Bible. It's just once again, you know, just unhealthy, man. And you know, it's just if you don't do it in excess again, like, well, me, I, I don't smoke. I've never smoked. I don't like the idea. I will not do it. Cause I used to be asthmatic, and I just think it's foolish of me that after God has healed me, I should now do something that would wreck that. So, and I don't want to just for the fun of it, just come and you know, play with my, my lungs and just let us, let us see. <laughs> let, let us play a game, you know, how long will I live? I don't believe in such. So I would not do that. However, well, at that point in time, I don't think um, this, um, society had involved to the point in which they had cigarettes. So that's why I don't think. But I still think, I think that it's just unhealthy. You know, that's that's unimportant. But I'm saying like, you know, they say oh, lying is they like they don't say lying is okay, but they would like lie, and then they'll be like, well, at least I'm not drinking, I'm not smoking, because their own their own sin is hidden and your own sin is public, so they feel like their sin is quote unquote better better than your sin, and we all know that sin is sin. So like, what's all that about? Really annoying. Um. So yeah. So. This is actually the first part. I want to talk about it on two fronts. Fear-based Christianity on two fronts. Based on um, sin. And then second one is <laughs> witchcraft. <laughs> so, for the sin part, basically, what I, I feel, I find is, you know, there's some preachers preach about sin. Like, if you sin, you go to hell. You sin, you die. Blah, 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 blah. And yes, when you sin, you are technically supposed to experience a death which must it's it actually a separation from god not actual physical death but that's why jesus came you know he gave he's given us grace and mercy so that when we sin we can ask for forgiveness and he'll forgive us so any pastor that works on condemning you or oh this thing that they love to preach against fornication my god hello now well, I acknowledge that yes, there is, 
you know, yeah, fornication is rampant. <laughs> I feel so weird saying the word fornication. <laughs> it's not such a big word for that like, three-letter word, so it's like what? Anyways, fornication. I said it again. Um, <clears throat> you know, while some might say it's getting out of hand and whatnot, I want some people. Um, may not necessarily believe in celibacy or abstinence <coughs> or you know those kind of things like when I say they don't believe in it like it's not it's not something that you can believe in or not these are facts that things you can do these are verbs actions you know you you know you don't have sex so it's not really a thing to believe in but I'm saying like what are people now I've seen I've met I've encountered a lot of Christians that are Christians or on fire I forget everything but this sex thing my god they just it's like a separate matter. It's like, no, we're gonna leave that to the side. I'm gonna have sex, but like everything else I'm gonna be, you know. I don't judge them. I just kind of have questions like uh uh-uh, uh and God has never just been like eh, you're just doing this thing. You can't even uh uh-uh, uh no right. And because for me, there's something that I will do that I've gotta be like eh and I feel like God is like shouts that's me but not just not me, like talking, like talking to me the way that I'm, I feel so bad. I'm like, I'm, ready, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I will not do it again. Ah, you know. So I just, that's all. I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just. Obviously, I know that everybody's not the same, but I just found it interesting that also other people can do it, and God doesn't really say anything, and I do it, and God, I sorry, hey, <laughs> I do something, and God is like on on my neck, you know. I just find that interesting, but. I know that God convicts people about different things at different times. Um, so there are certain things that I can wear or that I wear that someone may think, oh, she's really indecent. And I'm like, I'm good. I like it. You know, I'm living my life. Well, it's too short. So I'm like, oh, man, I don't know what to tell you. I don't think so. That's it. I keep it moving, you know. It's what it is. It's why I'm my friend. I'm body positive. Thank you very much. Um but yeah, so all this like, you know, there's certain some preachers that, you know, they just like really hamper hammer on that whole sin thing. You know, like you're a sinner, you're unworthy, you know, like even how people try to get people to be Christians, you know, sometimes there's a lot of fear in it. You try to guilt people into being Christians. And then when they're Christians, um it's just a whole guilt situation in which every time they do anything, they feel so bad. There's guilt and shame. It's a vicious cycle. You know, you don't believe that God will forgive you. You don't believe that God loves you. So it's fear-based in that. God says fear me, but the fear is more like a reverential fear. Like reverence him, you know, respect him, revere him. You know, think of him in the highest regard, highest esteem. Not be afraid of him because he wants to be close to you. If he wants to be close to you, why would he want you to be afraid of him, you know? So, I mean, see how we used to talk to Moses and Abraham and stuff. Um, I just, I don't like it when you use your position to scare people or to make people like, oh, no, you know, I must pray for you in order to, oh, God, I hate ex- exploitation, but that's just, that's another topic. I really hate when people exploit other people, um. You know, also, I also find it annoying when, you know, like, you're a Christian. Do you open your Bible 
to read what God has to say about this thing. Why I listen to what this man is saying. Many people I see people do, like you know you see all those videos of people doing kind of stupid things. You know those people that like pretty much worship their pastors and you're like, oh my God, you're so annoying. The pastor is just horrible and you people are annoying because like it's, you know God is going to blame the pastor more, but still like, open your Bible. What's the fall? Oh my God. <sighs> that digress but basically you know fair based christianity in terms of sin is just when you know every time you sin you feel horrible you feel like you're worthless you feel like oh god doesn't love you anymore how can god love me and all kind of things you know and when you feel that way you really cannot do much because now you're just all thinking about how the sin has crippled you and um to that honestly i say really read your bible and really read what god says about um sin but also about, about more about forgiveness and grace i think romans really talks about it gosh so many ants here i think romans really um does a good job of talking about it all these romans all these galatians Ephesians, all those that was that, that part of the bible new testament but after um the gospel and acts romance Corinthians, all those parts i feel like they do a really good job of explaining um explaining god to us um so i really that's also my recommendation because you know the one of the scriptures there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in christ jesus so there's no condemnation there's no need for you to be feeling um feeling afraid that God doesn't love you or to be feeling ashamed. There's no more condemnation. You know, God is not going to come and kill you. God is not coming down from heaven to strike you down. You know. And it was good Old Testament wanted to think that oh God I mean Old Testament God was badass, sure. But now let's look at David. David is the man after God's heart, right? Let's look at what David did. David was pretty good though. But the one day stayed back. Not go to war. What happened? He saw Bathsheba. What did you do with that? Left with that. David slept with a married woman killed her husband and then married this woman so please and god still forgave him so please what have you done that is this bad i beg just shift you know like your sin does not determine your worth god already like i don't want to say god already knows what it goes because it's like a fatalistic world in which you have no say and you know you just live your life and you know everything whatever is supposed to happen will happen and that's not necessarily the truth you have to work and fight for stuff um so but god, god already knows that you're going to sin you know you're human we're human nobody's perfect so anybody that tries to make you feel bad for um sinning honestly just don't listen to them because they also sin so who are they like, just don't listen to them. Honestly, God is not evil. Um, if you're struggling with something, that's different. Definitely try to, um, definitely pray about it. You know, find um, someone's talk to who can help you in your struggle and stuff. But still, nothing to feel ashamed of. Nothing to feel bad about. Um, yeah, really. Then, what else? Honestly, when you just know that God loves you and it's unconditional, like, it's hard to picture because human beings are conditional people. You know, even when you say you love, even people that are in love with their spouses or whatever, um, sometimes some condition enters it, you know. How much as you want to say, like, oh, I love this person. And I'm like, ah, 
other thoughts in their head. Sometimes it's the devil, sometimes it's you. Just like, ah, you know, fuck me, I've been doing all these things for him. What does he even do for me? It was something as simple as, <coughs> ah, myself, I'm the one that I've been texting him first every day. You know, ah, tomorrow, I'm not going to text him. Let us see if he's going to text me first. You know, and then let us see when he texts me. He now texts me by 10 o'clock, 10, 10 a.m. And like, imagine, like ah, imagine me, I text him by 8. He now texts me by 10. All those kind of things, you know. It's like, okay, what's all this? You know, you start playing games, like, unnecessary stuff, Joe. So, um, it happens to me. Me, I have to, like, tell him, please, just pack well. Me, I always tell my, I do what I tell myself, that I'm like, see, I'm going to love, like, with an open heart. I'm going to, you know, give love and everything. If the person decides to mess it up, it just shows the kind of person that they are. Um, is nothing to do with who I am, you know. And my friend says, you know, she said I don't let. Um, I'm paraphrasing it, but she said in a really nice way. She basically said, don't let other people's bad behavior change you from who you are, you know. Because I was like, ah, when people are, you know, when guys keep on messing up, you're like, oh, maybe I should just change and become a different kind of girl. And she's like, nah, that's not, you know. Don't let them change you. Like you know who you are. Don't let stupid people change you, um, you know. So. And I agree with that, you know. Obviously, I know that this whole thing of you don't want to be in Mugu, you don't want to be in Mugu, and all these kind of things. Like, open your eyes, yes, but don't be a detective. I don't believe in being a detective. Open your eyes and pray and trust God. Um, if you see something that's a red flag, definitely raise it up and be like, hello, mm-hmm. stuff like that. If you see, like... Red flag that you cannot have, you cannot deal with. Please, my brother, my sister, carry your leg and take a walk. Life is too short to come and kill yourself. So that's that. Um, so I'm going to go to the other part, which is favorite Christianity from the witchcraft perspective. Ah, your village people are always doing you. They're always doing you. Uh-uh. Zero, are you the only person from that village? <laughs> now, I'm not you know, decrying the existence of witchcraft and all this kind of thing. I'm from Edo States, you know. Anything about Edo States is witchcraft. I mean, I'm not a witch. <laughs> I've never been exposed to witchcraft. I've not even seen a witch. There was seen somebody that said, oh, this one is a witch. I don't, or he's a wizard. I don't know them. Because I, don't, I didn't live in Edo States, so... It's not bad English. I, I did not live in Edo States. I didn't grow up there, you know. I've not spent a quality amount of time there. Um, my village, to my knowledge, is Christian because when I go there, everybody goes to church. It's just one, just like one church there. Everybody goes to that church. So, <sighs> really, once again, I really don't um, subscribe to the stereotype just because it's not really been. I haven't really had a lot of experience with the witchcraft thing. I know that it's a popular um, trope and stuff. So cool what it is what it is um i've had some experiences lately in which like you know everything just boils down to some of us be some a witch somewhere a coven uh-uh. and i was just like first of all my one it's it, it, see even much as you want to be like oh whatever it will scare you <laughs> i don't kill you it will scare you because you're like eh you know, it would just tie it would just tell your destiny and stuff. And I'm not even saying that it's not true or anything like that. I'm just saying I don't want to know. 
we acknowledge the existence of witch of witches and wizard. We acknowledge the existence of witchcraft. I don't feel like we should now dwell on it. Because when Jesus came to the earth, Jesus did not dwell on it. So I don't believe that we should dwell on it. Jesus dwelled on the laws are no longer, um, the, law, the laws are nullified. He dwelled on, you know, showing proper respect to the Father. He dwelled on, you know, doing miracles, showing love. Those are the things he dwelled on. It's my own knowledge. So, I don't now believe that we should now come and base all our Christianity on witchcraft and how we're going to bind and cast and loose. I'm like, eh? No, 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 no. So for me, I, I don't subscribe to that at all. I, I, you know, once again, I don't, I don't, I don't say this in my opinion because I feel like this is how everybody should be. But I can only say it's my opinion that we should not, we should not be living in, you know, live, you should not, we should not live your lives out of fear. Honestly speaking, it's really limiting because you you'll be contradicting yourself. You say you're Christian, oh, I'm victorious. Oh, why don't you go out at night? Oh, you know, <laughs> witches can be waiting for me. Now I know that you know it's not always to go out in the night, especially in places that are not hundred percent safe. Sorry, that are not fifty percent safe. <laughs> I'm like, huh? that are not fifty percent safe. Um. Yeah, unfortunately, Nigeria's on that list. It really bugs me. Like, oh, God. Anyways, so, and I understand that, you know, yeah, you're a Christian, you have faith, but don't be stupid. I get that. However, I feel like, I don't know. I really don't know, Sha. But I just feel like exercise some of that faith. You know, it's good to have faith and stuff, but if you if it's never tested, how will you really know you have faith? You know, bad things happen during the day too, but most bad things happen at night. We know that cover of darkness and all that good stuff. Um, so, yeah, we know that now, if you're a Christian and you never go out in the night, hello, I don't know, Joe. Or, let's say, you... And you know, remember, like I, I just don't keep late nights. Once again, if you just don't keep late nights, and it's not anything to do with fear. Once again, like I said, if it's something it's a lifestyle choice, that's not what I'm coming at today. I'm coming at something that is a religious choice in terms of how you live your life, and it's a religious choice, and it's hindering you, or affecting you. You know, that's that's why that's why I'm coming at this thing from. So, if every time something doesn't go well in your life, next thing you know is ah, of course it's the witches now. It's the witches. Oh, it's that witch, that one. That's what I'm saying. Like, I just feel like, yeah, your prayer life will be amazing because you're always going to be praying because you're always going to be binding and casting and loosening something. But are you working towards it? You know, because what I th- what I was like, okay, I had to analyze this this well. I looked and I like, okay, so you, you know, in Nigeria. Not everywhere, but some, you know, some churches. It's not only a Nigerian thing now. I'm not saying it's a Nigerian thing alone, but I'm saying, like, my own experience, once again, my experience. I'm very, very strong in the witchcraft Christianity. <laughs> then, and I looked at a church in Canada. Uh, the church, the churches that I've been to in Canada, I looked at, um, just thinking about, you know, people... Like the pursuit of pursuit of happiness guy, um, other people that have made it that are you know, even like secular people that have made it, 
you know, obviously there's some talk about Illuminati. I don't go to this because that thing freaks me out. I don't want to think about it. I don't care. I'm not in it, so I don't care. Um, so talking about people like you know, regular people that just made it, Warren Buffett, you know, and that's kind of people that made it and stuff. And my own question is, why are the unvalued people not doing them? <laughs> that's my question. <laughs> I know that was always to be questioned, but. My point is, I don't believe that you know, the focus should be on that. I believe that there's still work to be done. Yes, Nigeria is harder than that those places because, yes, partly because Nigeria is younger, but also because a lot of Nigerians are very selfish and the government is really just not trying at all. I don't talk about Nigeria again. So it just makes me angry and sad at the same time, so I'm not going to do it. But Nigeria has its challenges, yes. However, um. I do believe that more time should be spent working than just being church praying and stuff, you know, like, um, yeah, seek your first, you know, God and righteousness and all that things will be added unto you. Well, you know, that's in Bible also says that you should work diligently as unto the Lord. It also says that you should, um, take the work you do seriously so that you'll be able to, you know, take care of yourself and nobody will be able to say anything negative you know sometimes we just disrespect you know you don't want disrespect so you do the work you're supposed to do you know whatever your hands finds to do do it all your heart and all these scriptures that say that tell you that you should work you know it says oh cast your bread in the morning and don't withhold it in the night you know um, and obviously how many times they talk about sowing and reaping in the bible my god so you know, prayer is important, but also work is also as important. You cannot just be praying, 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 and have zero work. What is God going to bless? Yes, God, God can give you millions of dollars in the overnight, in the common eye. Of course, He can do that. So, first of all, yes, this is going to come for you because <laughs> not going to believe that the Lord gave you money. <laughs> but even if it somehow comes like in the an explanatory way and stuff but like what did you do to deserve it how would you um be a good steward of something that you did not really earn you know so there's all these things i think that i thought about and i was like i was like nah i don't believe that i'm supposed to focus on this i believe that i focus on other things i focus on you know building my relationship with god um being a better human being a better friend better daughter sister everything those kind of things i think that i believe that i should focus on instead of focusing on the witches that may or may not be doing me i don't believe well well like i don't believe that they're doing me i like if, if i'm praying to god it's not god that can deal with them what's the first time i'm concerned with talking i don't just know the kinds you know you know there's particular church in nigeria that they know i don't know how they got all their names <laughs> i don't know when i say their names i don't mean like fumi funke all kind of things no 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 I mean, like, the different kinds of spirits and what uh, what kind of spirits they are. And to know, I don't want to know. Like, how would you sleep? This is the thing. God protects us. I feel like God protects us for all this. Because if God wants us to know, he could have just say, and here is a list of all the spirits, and you start it, he'll give it to the person that just run mad. You don't need to know all of this. You already know that the devil opposes us. You already know that. Okay, cool. And you just pray to God, and you resist the devil. That's it. I don't believe that and I need to dwell on, you know, the whole presence of those things and stuff. Like, I just feel like it really hinders you from, you know, working and acting because you just, 
it's not like an, it's a convenient excuse like oh well you know the villagers they stopped me again got sex you know sometimes things just don't work um life has its principles and stuff me i i you know i believe every, everything should be done in balance that's all i'm trying to everything should be done in balance you know you should know that yes this is a no but also then the, on this side these are the excesses that we should curb you know so yeah but i want to end this talking about something that i feel a lot of young christians missed out on and are missing out on i feel like millennials are more sexually exposed which is a good thing and that's a good thing because the thing is we're getting we're getting the exposure not from necessarily like our parents and stuff we're getting it from the internet friends society you know whatever you know so like me i'm a very um, free um, person like i'm like if i'm talking talk about sex i can talk about sex with you like as I'm about like are you a virgin I'm like that's really I don't know why that has anything to do with talking about sex or how or what I say I really don't know why one has to do with the other but you know I find most especially girls and it's not only a Christian thing per se but it's mostly a Christian thing it's really a religious thing because it's that it's really, that's where I got the whole you know no sex before marriage thing from it's a religious thing um, in which especially in this part of the world, um, you know, not this part of the world, because, I mean, Jane, Jane, Jane the Virgin, so, like, Latinos are very similar to Africans now, um, has a very strong, um, faith-based, um, stuff, so, uh, oh, I'm gonna drink my cold tea. Yeah, it's pretty much cold. I made it before this thing started. It's been 30-something minutes, so... It's not cold, but it's, you know, it's not hot. It's alright. Um, so... You, basically, from a young age, you, t- you know, like, in the Virgin, the way the way she described it, the way the... mother described it to her. Oh, my God. So, she gave her this flower. I got this flower. It's all pretty, right? Yeah, she's like, okay, squeeze it. Squeeze it. Oh, yeah. Try to put it back again. She could, obviously, it's, you know, it will be ruined now. She said, okay... That is your virginity. That's what happens after you lose it. It can never be the same again. For God's sakes. You have scarred this poor girl for life. Okay, for those that don't know the show, so basically, she gets at it's a, it's a telenovela, so you know, it's about to get crazy. That's a Latin soap opera. So, she gets artificially inseminated accidentally, and she gets pregnant and she gives birth. After which, I think she's like, okay, I'm going to start having sex. Well, even then, before she started having sex, there was a huge mental block that she had to overcome because, you know, of the way her grandmother taught her about sex. And the funny thing was that her mom was a teenage... Her, her, her mom was a teen mom. Her mom, her mom got pregnant her when she was a teenager. And it's obviously because of the re- rebellion against the grandmother's super high standards. Only for us to later find out that the grandmother was having sex with the grandfather... <laughs> yeah, yeah, having sex with her husband before they became husband and wife. So she having premarital sex, abuela. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, you know, so that's just basically it. Like, see, like, I've I've listened to you know, I was talking to somebody about this today. Episode said to fight me, I'm like that's not what I was saying. But um, I've talked, I've like read stories and stuff in which. When it's time to now, like, you know, you tell this person, oh, you need to, so, like, you put, 
once again, I don't really, the concept of virginity is a very strange concept to me, and the word itself is very strange, but basically, you just tell everybody, tell everybody, keep yourself before marriage, keep yourself before marriage, keep yourself before marriage. Now, I haven't heard guys' stories, so I can't talk about guys, I can't talk about girls, in which, you know, you know, you could, and you know, it's mostly preached at girls, like, as if it's a, it's a woman-only responsibility, which, ugh, it's a whole lot of people on his own, once again, but... So, you know, this girl keeps it and you teach her to value it like it is gold. You know what I mean? Like, she, she, it's, you know, while elevating this thing above the status of it deserves, like, like, oh my god, I'm a virgin. Like, it means I'm a, in fact, I'm almost a perfect girl. It's like, no, you know, it's not a guarantee of good marriage. It's not a guarantee that a person is a good girl. But they can be a horrible person and that could be the only thing. That is the redeeming quality in her. It's just the quality, you know. It's it's not. It's just the quality, honestly speaking. It's not a defining factor, or whether or not you're a good person. So I don't think it's carried on our heads. I feel like we need to dis- demystify the whole situation. I feel like at a proper age, it'd be like once you read that eighteen, eighteen, eighteen is kind of late. So maybe like that fourteen, fifteen range. Just start kind of demystifying, and I feel like we should always have an open door policy to be able to talk to younger Christians if they have questions about sex. Just make it open that they can come to you to talk to you about it. Um, you're like, oh, shut up your mouth. Ah, what do you mean? What do you even know? Y'all, no, no, like, don't shame them. Don't, you know, if you make somebody withdraw, then the place that they go to find answers are not places that you want them to go. That's what people keep seem to not understand. You want them to come, keep coming to you because you have the right answers, the right idea that will give you a healthy view. You don't want them to have a warped view in which, if either like you don't want them to go to an extreme thinking sex doesn't matter, I can't have whoever I want to have sex with, and it doesn't mean anything, and you just regard human beings as disposable or something, and you just do whatever you want to do, you know, have no heart and stuff. You don't want that. You don't want somebody that is always having sex and they are attached or crying. You don't want that. On the flip side, you don't want somebody who is, oh my gosh, don't touch me. You know, all these people that their parents lie to them that if they touch a boy, they will get pregnant. Kind of stupid, stupid lies. That's like, what is it? You know, yeah, giving them a very a complex, a very, very weird complex. I don't even know what it would be called now. It's a very weird complex they are giving to these children. So, now, I had this child I'll be sheltered for so long. Now, let's say the child is successfully sheltered. <laughs> okay. Hallelujah to you. This is successfully sheltered. Then you not get married. Okay, it's now time to have sex, and now you can't even have sex because of the mental block, not because of any medical condition. Because you're like, all your life you've been conditioned to keep this thing, to keep it, keep it, keep it, and now it's like give it up. Hello, how is your mind supposed to just switch gears like in that moment? You know, because you say, because the thing is, we don't, you don't say. Well, I mean, some people do say sex before marriage is bad, sex after marriage is good. But you don't talk about the benefits of sex, you know. You don't, you don't, we, don't, we don't talk about the fact that sex is... You know, I listened to this podcast today and it was, wow, you know. He really talked about it. It was, um, how married are you? Um, and, and they really talked about it. You know, the fact that, like, you know, sex is is not just for procreating. You know, people think sex is for procreating. So some people, even after marriage, they don't really have sex, you know. If they have three children, maybe they have sex like five, six times, like and I'm not excusing cheating, but like excuse me if if 
one of you is cheating like i mean <laughs> five or six times after over the course of years please give me a bloody break you know if you have a condition that's once again that's the different thing i'm talking about when it's not a condition when they, like you're just scarred mentally from the fact that you had to you know switch from keeping this thing to now it's like you know now it's okay and it's like in your head it's still not okay to having sex you're like okay and some people even after they have sex you're like no you have done the missionary position missionary is the only holy position oh lord ah <laughs> uh, i'm not even laughing at them because i know it's not even their fault but um it really is i really i remember people think i should not be talking about it because i'm not married but i've, I've honestly feel like we like we need to demystify this thing so that you know as more people more more and more young people get married um they're able to yeah i read the stories about these people this couple that it took them months before she was finally able to have like allow him to you know deflower her <laughs> and it's like why is it taking months you know yeah it's a painful process but it should not take months it should take maybe days you know if if we're taking our time or whatever and it should take maybe days why is it taking months I, that there's nothing wrong with you medically you know it, it really is uh, a discouraging disheartening thing um you know it's just the really limits you from living and enjoying something that god wants you to enjoy if god wants you to enjoy sex hello song of solomon song of songs whichever bible version you have is after psalms and proverbs the next book uh-huh. i can't read that book Read it well. Not really with your church mind, because if you have your church mind, you'll be too holy. Read it. Read it. Okay. There's the word breast in the Bible and stuff. <laughs> I personally, I actually, I actually don't read that book. I just feel like, at the beginning, it's fine. the foxes and stuff, and don't wake up until it's ready. You know, great. The rest, I actually don't read it. Even I'm reading my Bible, even if I'm trying to read the Bible in the year, I don't read that part. Just because I'm like, it's not for me per se, but also I, I feel like I don't have a warp view about sex in which I'm not afraid of like, oh my God, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I know it's it's a joining together process and it's a way of communicating and showing your love to your partner without just saying I love you or doing other things. You know, sex is very powerful. Um what you call it tool in the arsenal you know that's why even the bible says that you should not deprive your partner of it except on agreed upon time you know so that they will not come and you know use it against you because just truthfully denying your partner sex is oh god like it's not like it's an excuse to cheat but honestly it really you're married you're not trying to keep that marriage like and this is not to scare you to be like, oh my god, I must always give it to him whenever he asks for it. Or I must always give it to her whenever she asks for it, whatever. No, but I'm just saying, like, you know, you guys have to be able to figure out a way to communicate to each other. Like, when you're, when you're really, really not into it, that person really wants to, you have to just figure out who's going to, you know, because if, for example, now let's say I'm, I'm not into it at all, and my husband is like, no, he wants to do it, and I'm like, it be like I'm just recovering from his sickness and I'm still very weak. I'm like, okay, don't just lie down there and you just do it on me. And you know, honestly, it's, as you the answer, it was like, okay, I'm like, cool. It was like, no, no, like, I, I was that. So it's just because offended. I'm like, see, you realize I'm just recovering from his sickness. What's your problem? You know, 
something I have to give, you know, you either got to do it or you have to wait for me to feel better if you want me to be in the mood with you and stuff, you know. But this communication is obviously key in that respect. I'm not going to go deeper because I'm not married. Um, but yeah, that's the last thing I want to talk about, you know. I just don't want, you know, to have that mental block and, you know, you're not free to live your life or to think about sex. And I say think about sex, I don't mean like you should go and sit and like, huh, let me think about sex. Oh, what's different? This thing. But I just feel like we need to be like, we need to be talking about sex way before we're about to get married or maybe before getting married just so that it's demystified and I think I mean I talk about it like literally the positions, the um, techniques, all these things. I'm so serious. Now not to the extent in which you um, I mean, you introduce it at the age, at the right ages. You know, like, you're not going to be picking curiosity, like at the ten year old. You're not going to tell ten year old different styles and stuff. No, you just you make you know you keep the sex education to the age of the person yeah, to which you're talking, so that the the person does not go further. And all the once again, everything just depends. Everything is still in the hands of God. Last, last. Some people you try to shield them, they find out things that <laughs> you did not expect. Some people. You know, they just make the choice by themselves that they're not going to just be interested and they're not going to go there and it's what it is. Like, you can't really... The control that you think you have, you know, by... um I think they have by telling your children all these lies that if you see them outside the boy, you get pregnant, all kind of things, is really fickle because children matter at some points. <laughs> Those are the ones that will, be, that will shock you by what they are, what what they do, you know. So just just know. Anyways, this is gonna be the end for me. It's, it's a really long episode. Um, thank you so much for listening. Once again, if you have any comments, leave a voice message, or you can just send me a message directly if or yeah my instagram will also be in the bio um thanks so much god bless bye